Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Uh, title of my message is Build Right. Build Right. Talking about foundations. Build Right. How many know there's a right way to build and a not so right way to build? How many know that I built a few things? I have some property as of recently, and I've decided to build some things. How many know that I never knew it rained in San Diego until this year? How many know that everything I built no longer is standing? Wouldn't it have been a problem before this year, but since we had floods like Noah, I mean, dear, look, more rainy days in San Diego than Seattle. Yeah, yeah, we just got ranked number two in the nation for most cloudy days in May. Someone rebuke it. What is going on? I mean, for my marriage, rebuke it. My wife's like, I'm one more cloudy day from Arizona. I said, call Pastor Jurgen right now. You need deliverance. You're going to a dark place. She goes, I am going to a dark place. That's why I said I'm going to Arizona. I need sun. And the truth is, she does need sun, so... I'm going to buy her a tanning bed today. Just walk next to her, shining light on her. It's going to be my new thing. It's like, what do we got to do to put joy on this? But listen, so it's Vision Builders Month. It's June. Um, I've been carrying this message for about three months. I had this uh, revelation. I thought it was going to be awesome. I woke up one day and felt like, you know, the bishop, J. John, had a word for me. How many know that's a good day? Until you call and you find out it's not really the word you were looking for. You know, I called him. I said, hey... Cannon, the bishop, J. John. I mean, he comes to our church. He's like the Mr. Bean of Europe, one of the greatest evangelists you've ever heard. He's amazing. And I said, oh, I was just feeling in prayer this morning, man, you had a word for me. Hey, guys, I do. You need to level up your preaching game. Okay, not the word I was looking for. Not the word I was looking for. Anything else that will edify my spirit? He goes, that was edifying. I was edifying your spirit to level it up. I'm, okay, specifically. Okay. So he... It did, this message did percolate out of a J. John power call. And, uh, but I didn't know it would be for uh, Vision Builders. I really thought it was going to be for Truth Bomb series. And then here it landed and then God kind of downloaded. So uh, pretty much he wanted to remind us, God wants to remind us, Awaken Church, really about four things. Four things. So I'm going to give you today. It's the foundationals to build right. See, everything that we're going to talk about today, if we get these four things right, everything else we build, vision builders, where our heart's at, our house, all these things will come together if we can get these foundations right. So, you know, the first one, you guys ready? He wanted me to remind us about the book, the book, the Bible, the book. How many of you read the Bible cover to cover? Whoa, more than the nine. Very impressive. I'm not talking about maps and index. You know, my daughter this morning is like, hey, I'm going to quote you all the Old Testament books of the Bible for $20. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Okay. And she nailed it. And I go, well, your inflection, how you pronounce them, I'll give you 10. <laughs> Technically, you're right, but let's meet halfway. You know, 10. I said, I'll double down, double or nothing if you get the New Testament. She did it. Pretty impressive. So she took some money from dad. Uh, but I was thinking to myself, 
I started saying, did you memorize the maps? And then she lost it, but that was unfair because I don't even know them. But for the rest of you, you know, don't feel guilty yet, but I do want to help you as a pastor. You know, how many know one day, I'm assuming if you're reading the book from cover to cover, you believe in Jesus. So probably 99% of this room. So we're going we're gonna to go to heaven one day and Peter's going to meet us at the gate. And uh, he's going to be giving us a tour of heaven. He's going to be giving us a tour. And I don't want it to get awkward for you. Because if you haven't read the Bible, it could get, could get awkward. You know, he's going to introduce you to Obadiah. And Obadiah's going to go, how'd you like my book? And you're like, you wrote a book? Oh, I'm like, gosh, Obadiah's going to get offended on the first day you're in heaven. But he's heard so many messages on the fence, it's going to be fine. But then, you know, you're, you're going to turn around and five seconds later, Peter's going to be introducing you to Zephaniah. And he's like, how'd you like my book? You wrote a book too? I have no clue. And he goes, wow, thanks a lot. I, I dropped some good nuggets in there. So it's just, as a pastor, a good shepherd, we just want to know, you're going to limit so many of your conversations in heaven if you're not reading the book. So there's an unlimited guide right here to help you once we're there to have these amazing conversations. I'm going to have lots of conversations. I'm probably going to spend a year with Noah. How many know, no matter how many questions I have, it's not going to annoy him because he has so much peace and resolve. You can get stuck on a boat that long with crazy animals. He can handle my 200 questions, and I have a lot for him. No one else thinks about this stuff? Okay. Me and Noah. I don't have to worry about his schedule getting booked up, I guess. <laughs> oh, wow. Listen, this book is the only reliable data on God. It's the only reliable truth that's going to help navigate your life. You know, if your Bible's falling apart, they say your life won't be. If you have a really pretty Bible, I'm nervous about your life. Listen, Psalm 119, 105 says this. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Light is something that is necessary to navigate this world of darkness. We need light to guide us safely through the unforeseen dangers that await us. People get confused all the time. What does the Bible say? And I just go, look, is it that hard? If the Bible says yes, it's yes. If the Bible says no, it's no. If it doesn't say yes or no, God doesn't mind. So chill out. Oh, look at all the religious people. What? What? We just went to the gray area. Listen, we read the Bible to find. It's like a GPS. We find our position. We find our direction. We find our identity. We find the truth. That's why we got to be in the book. It helps us find. It also, the Bible helps us filter. You know, you think about it on my computer. I got antivirus software. The viruses, all this dark stuff trying to get on my computer. I have the antiviral software. And then in my house, I have a whole house filter. I got a shower filter. I have a Kangen filter. I got more filters for water than anything. I mean, what am I worried about? Most porous part of your body is your head. You're showering and, you know, the great state of California, San Diego Water Supply just got ranked the worst in California with the highest levels of antidepressants. So if you're feeling a little depressed right now, it's probably your water. Some of you are freaking out right now. Look, we'll have time to pray later. But listen, it's a true statement. You can look it up for yourself. But the Bible is the filter for the pollution of the world. And if you don't know it, 
you're just drinking in the poison of the world. You need a filtration system. Some of us need to use it to find ourselves, locate ourselves where we're at so we can know where we're going. Others need a better filtration system because the world is getting into your marriage. The world is getting into your kids. The world is, but the word can help set it straight. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness. Here's what the NLT says, which I like better. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. It is our true north. It is our compass. But my question is, how much are we in it? Are we building a foundation so we don't drift when a storm comes? It's an anchor if we use it right. Some people say it's a dry book. But listen, if you know the author, it can never be dry. I grew up in church. I was one of those guys, maybe like one of you sitting there like this. Way worse. You look good. You look good. I didn't look that good. But I was just like this kid. I went to church because my parents made me. My parents wanted me to read the Bible and I'd fall asleep. But I didn't have the spirit of the living God on the inside of me to make this book alive and powerful, sharper than any two. I didn't have a revelation. I'm here to tell you, get your revelation. Get the spirit of the Lord on the inside of you so you understand if you know the author, I promise you this book isn't boring. The other day I caught myself going, Oh my gosh. I was like getting judgy on the Bible. I was like, okay, this is right. It was like every other war, God was pulling a can of whoop out on anybody that was coming against his people. I was like, man, there's a lot of whooping going on in the Bible. Okay, just me. Listen, so here's what I want to do. This is an interactive preach. You guys with me today? Okay, it's kind of some of you that are recovering Catholics like my wife. This might bring up some stuff, but it's going to be fine. But if you've lost your passion for the scripture, or you've lost your discipline, or you never had discipline, or if you need a new zeal, then I want you to stand up right now so I can pray for us. We gotta be a church that is hungry for the word of God. So I wanna pray that God would burn something new in us. Thank you for being bold. All right. Heavenly Father, God, I pray right now that you see those that are standing. God, put a new fire in us, a new desire to be intentional on how to meditate and study your word. God, inspire us today that give us a desire to feed on it, Davy, to give a revelation, God, to be an inspiration. Let it fire burn on the inside of us for your word. Give us a new discipline, rewire our brain. God, show us what we need to do to do the things that will keep our path straight, direct our steps, and put the word on the inside of us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Number two, breath. The breath of God. Remind the church about my breath. Breath refers to the Holy Spirit. It refers to life. In Genesis 2-7, it says, then the Lord God performed or formed the man out of the dust of the ground and blew in his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. In John 20, 19, it says this, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, when the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace, be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. This after his resurrection power. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. How many know they'd be overjoyed? Again, verse 21, Jesus said, peace be with you. Obviously, they needed to hear that twice. 
Sometimes we need a double dose of some peace in our life when it feels like there's a storm coming at us. So listen, he tells him twice, listen, peace, I know I, was, I know I tripped you guys up. Peter, you even went back to some old ways. But I'm here, standing before you, check out, the, check out my nails. And he said this, receive the Holy Spirit. This is what he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins will be forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. See, it's the Holy Spirit that gives us life. He's our helpmate, a comforter in a time of need. In Zechariah 4, 6, it says this. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord, not by might, nor by power, but by spirit, says the Lord. Listen, we got to get back to knows where our strength comes from. We need the spirit of the living God to breathe on us. If we're feeling dry, I would say, is the Holy Spirit breathing on your life? See, I love it. I, I was reading this story about these missionaries. And they, uh, in 1851, they started this mission in a third world country. And they were celebrating in 1951 all what God had done. And so they had this big ceremony. They had 100 doves. They were going to represent 100 you know, doves, releasing them like the Holy Spirit being released. And he got one of the doves, the pastor, and he went down there and he started praying. I mean, let's hold on to this thing. He's going to release it and then tell other. It's going to be this beautiful ceremony. So he's praying, God, thank you for what you did in 1851. Thank you for everything you did, all the lives that have been transformed. He's just going on thanking and thank you for everything that had been done. And then he went to release the dove and... He prayed so long the dove died. It just, I don't know why you guys are all laughing. That Listen, the point is, stop looking back and start looking forward to what God can do, what God will do. It's amazing how many times people get stuck and all God's, hey, what about the Azusa revival? What about this? What about that? I mean, they're still trying to live like it's COVID. Listen, God says, great, have gratitude for all I've done in your life. But where are you going with your life? Where do you want to see your kids? Where do you want to see your marriage? Where do you go? What you focus on expands. Be, have gratitude for what God has done. But what are we doing with where God is taking you? Listen, he has called us to take dominion. I love the fact we have eight campuses, about to be nine. I love the fact we've had incredible speakers and pastors and conferences and Emerge and 3,000 men. I love all that. But I'm not going to sit and rest on what God has done for us. He is bringing people to awaken because he has bigger plans for us to enlarge us, to increase. More pastors are going to come out of this church. More pastors that were pastors are going to get restored to pastoring. There's worship leaders. Some of the greatest songs are going to come out of this church. Some of the greatest things. Some pastors are going to knock their doctor over, but it's going to be fine, Kinsey. Listen, have gratitude, but vision must be at the forefront of what God is doing. The Holy Spirit is alive, and we must focus on new territory, new altars, taking dominion, being the greatest evangelist. Can we communicate? My friends just got diagnosed with a pretty bad diagnosis two days ago. They want me to come talk to the kids and the family because it doesn't look good. And I said, well, why do you do it? Because we know the Spirit's alive on you, Dr. Matt, and I don't want fear to creep in our home. Listen, I'm going to go over there. We're going to whoop on the fear. Fear's not going to come in. There is a reality. We're going to pray, believe for a miracle, put his name in the book of miracles. 
those four kids, they're gonna have a dad. We are gonna stand firm. But you gotta fight for that. We gotta have a vision of the future for his life, not what God did to somebody else, but what is God doing for that family right now? Come on. Revelation 3.20, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Listen, if God's knocking on your door, if Jesus is knocking on your door, listen, for 99 of us, 99% of us, we've already opened the door. It was easy. You said, come on in, Jesus. Then my question is, where is he? Where is he? Some of you said, come on in, and then you said, get in the cupboard. Jesus, go to the basement. No, no, don't go there. I got stuff down there. Go to the attic. No, no, don't go there. I got stuff up there. Bad magazines. Okay, what? Listen, we've heard him knocking. You said, come on in. My question is, where is he? Where did we put him? Where did we shove him? He's in there, but where is he? See, the Bible says in Ephesians, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. He gave us three warnings. Do not resist the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Listen, you, you can tell the lives that are thriving. It's not a judgment thing, but if your life is full of the Holy Spirit, there's fruit. Your, li your life is going to thrive. It's not a judgment, but do whatever you can to stop quenching the Holy Spirit, to stop resisting the Holy Spirit, to stop grieving the Holy Spirit. Let him in every room of your house. Let him in every area of your life. Are we doing what he's asked us to doing? Have we suffocated the breath of God? Is there unholiness around? Do you need the breath of God? Have we lost even the question, do I need the breath of God in my life? Listen, if you felt like you've grieved the Holy Spirit, resisted the Holy Spirit, or quench the Holy Spirit. I want you to stand now because I want to pray for us. So important. We let Christianese go and we get that junk out of here. We didn't come here to put on a mask and pretend our life is perfect. We are here to snap the back of a religious spirit and know that God wants to do something radical in our life. Let's just lift our hands. God, right now I pray. God, you see those that are standing. Lord, fall afresh on us. God, we, we, we come before you. We, we say we're sorry that we've grieved your spirit or we've quenched your spirit or we've resisted your spirit. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Mold us, fill us, use us. Renew our spirit in the name of Jesus right now. God, I thank you for a fresh impartation of your Holy Spirit to give us revelation and wisdom and discernment on how to heal, how to get breakthrough, how to redeem, how to restore. God, heal our families, heal our marriages. Do whatever it takes to get in our life. God, we yield to your spirit in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. amen. Come on, number three. Remind, remind them of my blood. See, without blood in the living physical body, you wouldn't last a day. The blood is powerful. Jesus said, this is my blood. He said this statement in Matthew, Mark, Luke, Matthew 26, 28. He said, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 1, 14 says, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Listen, there's 22 sermons in the book of Acts understood that the death of Jesus by the blood was the essential ingredient of the entire gospel. It's amazing how powerful it's communion Sunday today. 
Were we going through the motions, taking communion? I'm going to tell you, my wife and I couldn't get pregnant for five years. And then J. John came through, gave us a book on what blood covenants look like, what taking communion look like, holy communion. And I didn't really have reference. It was like mostly going through the motions, how I was raised. I knew we did it once a month. It was like, all right, we're taking communion. You're welcome, Lord. You know what? Smack me down. When I had the revelation reading that book, going back through the scriptures, no, no, no. This is one of the most powerful things that we can do. It's not just an act of religiosity. Man, we started taking communion every night before bed. We started praying, agreeing. Now I have three beautiful babies. I now will not buy a house until I walk on the property taking communion. I mean, I literally, in business deals, I'll walk in. I don't need to get all religious with that person, but I take communion. Say, God, if you're in it, anoint it now. If not, Peace out of here. I'll go to breakfast with somebody. I'll take, I'll take a communion cup in the car because I want something tangible to shift, not just for them. I don't want to be always pouring out, but one little nugget can shift my life. Anything important, I want the revelation of the blood over everything that I'm doing. When you walk in your business, when you sign a contract, if you have the revelation on the power, Christ's blood is perfect. Don't you want a perfect decision? Let's just not be religious about it. I love that song back in the day. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, no, I'm not going to do it. But we know how it goes. We know how it goes. You're welcome. I stopped. Yep. 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 Calm down, calm down. First Peter 1.19. Listen, his blood is precious. His blood is precious. First Peter 1.19 says, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. His blood is peace. If there's not peace in your home, take communion. Yeah. Hebrews 13.20. Now may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. His blood purifies, 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light and he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Somebody say all. all. Not some, not a little, all sin. Revelation 12, 11. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Say the word of my testimony. You want to walk in power? Get your testimony. Get your testimony. He already did the blood of the lamb. You just got to get your testimony. You want to overcome? That's how you do it. That means victory. You need victory in your life? Let's find that testimony. Let's hold on to it. The devil's a liar. It's being making sure to try to rob your testimonies from your life. You have a gift. You have a calling. You have an anointing. You don't let the devil get one inch of ground and take that from you. He whispers to us all day, did he really say? Did God really say? Are you sure that pastor really gave you that word? Did he really say? Do you really think he's praying for you? Do you really think you're in the book of miracles? Do you really think your wife loves you? Do you really think your kids love you? Listen, the devil is a liar. He's an accuser. I can tell when people are hurt, they start accusing. So I know it's not them. They're made in the image and likeness of the Almighty God. That means they've accepted an accusing spirit. 
and they're wounded and they're hurt and they need to be healed. It's not them. It's the spirit behind them. I break that accusing spirit in the name of Jesus. We break that. We pray victory right now. Listen, because of the blood of Jesus, we can be forgiven because it cleanses. Because of the blood of Jesus, we can be healed. So if you have sin in your life or you need to be forgiven or you need healing physically in your body, I want you to stand right now because we're going to come into agreement and authority for full healing right now. So just lift your hands. Every time you, every time you stand, you shove it to the devil. Standing is saying, I am done with this. Lord, this is my obedience to you. Heavenly Father, right now, Jesus, you see everyone standing that needs either forgiveness or healing or both. Lord, I pray right now, clean us in Jesus' name. By the blood of Jesus, clean us, wash us. I pronounce forgiveness of sin by the Spirit and by your blood, Jesus, we thank you. Wash us clean, fresh, set us free. By your stripes, we are healed. We receive it today. We speak healing, regeneration, restoration in our body, in our mind, in our spirit. We receive your healing presence. May we wake tomorrow healed, restored in your mighty name, the perfect name by the blood of Jesus. God, I thank you for mental illness right now. I come against mental illness, any lie. I break the authority of lie, any stronghold in this house, any bitterness, any root of bitterness, any unforgiveness, I break it right now by the power of the blood of Jesus. I command healing and restoration in every body, every muscle, every organ. God, right now, let it be healed. Let your presence flow in this house. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Come on, remind them of my book. Remind them of my breath. Remind them of my blood. And number four, my bride. Remind them of my bride. His bride is his church. He is preparing the bride. He is preparing the church. If he came tomorrow, what would he find? What would his bride be like? Have we misrepresented his bride? Have we said bad things about his bride? We don't respect her, we don't love her, we don't care for her, we don't speak well of her, we aren't proud of her. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27 says this, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her and by washing her with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless holy and blameless are we cleaning her are we preparing the bride to meet the bridegroom are we loving her do we love the church augusta said you cannot love god as your father without having the church as your mother He's preparing his bride. See, I love the church because Christ is the head of the church. Sad part is I grew up and I couldn't stand the church. I definitely didn't like pastors, Christians. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And I blamed the church. So when I met Pastor Jurgen, I had all sorts of filters. Oh, yeah, here we go again. It's amazing. Five, six, seven years in, eight years in. It's amazing. I could always have sneaky little thoughts come up. But I've seen consistency. I've seen grace. I've seen stewardship. I've seen things and generosity. I've seen the church do wonderful things. Listen, I love the church because Christ is the head of the church. And we have a pastor that leans into what Jesus is saying. That's why we changed our name. 
It's why we did certain things. Man, it's way easier to stay the same. What I've learned is even dead fish float downstream. It's a lot harder to make a stand. You get some enemies, you get some haterade. I hear people say, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. And I'm here to tell you that's impossible. It's like cutting the head off the bride. I don't know about you. That's not attractive to me. I know anything's going down these days, but <laughs> my wife's beautiful, but I like the head. She's got to keep that pretty smile. Even without her smile and the feistiness, still better than a headless wonder there. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I love the church because it's God's family, dysfunction and all. We gotta learn to be better. Because I love the church, I'm gonna support the church prayerfully, fervently, financially. Revelation 19.7, let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Let us speak proudly about the bride, positively about the bride. Let us lift up the bride. How do we feel if someone was speaking negatively about your bride? How do you think I'm gonna handle it if you're piping off about my Kayla? It's not gonna go well for you. I'm gonna introduce you to my new five-fold ministry. That's a joke for those of you who don't know me. That was, I was joking. It's better to over-explain ourselves these days. Listen, let us stand for the church. Let us serve the church. Here's what I want to do. If in your mind you got tweaked because of the church or you've spoken negative about the church or you've been uncommitted in your commitments to the church and you want to shift in your heart or in your mind, I want you to stand so I can pray. It's important. Thank you for being bold. I was one of these people. You know, I need to tell you right before I pray that even last week, a documentary came out about a church and I refused to watch it and I started piping off to four of my buddies about the pastor that was interviewed. I started just, just going with a tool bag, you know, and I started saying all this stuff and I was like, yeah, I'd never blah, 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 I can't believe that. Don't disrespect the church. You know, I started saying this stuff and I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me and say, shut your mouth. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should just stop talking. So I talked to him. It's a safe place for my good friends. I left there and about 20 minutes later, the Holy Spirit says, you need to repent. I did call him to pastor my church. I did call him to be a good shepherd and he lost his way. You know the pressures of what it is. You could be the next one that loses your way. Who do you have as friends? He didn't have the right friends. Why don't you pray for him so I can restore him? Why don't you pray for him that he has the right friends, that he is the right shepherds, that he is the right thing? Dude, I got so convicted that I had to pray for myself and my attitude. And then the Holy Spirit doubled down. He goes, now call your friends and apologize. They look up to you and you're misleading them. Don't let them stumble because you were in that place. I'm like, all right, Lord, can I send a text? That's fine. <laughs> so I put them in a group text. They weren't before. And I said, hey, this is what I said. This is what the Holy Spirit convicted me of. 
I just want to let you know it's wrong. We need to be praying for him. God can restore him, redeem, set him back up. Let's not judge him. Let's love him. We don't know the shoes he's walked in. And I don't want to be the next one of those people. So church, that's why you pray for your pastors. But thank you for standing because guess what? We will all get tweaked a little bit at some point. We got to, it says above all else, guard our heart. And I'm proud of you because I needed to do this and no one ever taught me I needed to do this. So let me pray. Jesus, thank you for those that are standing, Lord, as they submit to you. Lord, clean their hearts, search their hearts, oh Lord. God, purify us. Renew our hearts for your bride. Release us from our past. Deliver us from our past thoughts. Give us a passion and a compassion for your bride. Show us how to prepare your bride for your return. God, we just ask for revelation. Heal our hearts, our offenses, our letdowns, our disappointments. God, renew our spirit. Let us put the right things in the right order for the right reasons. And God, reveal to us where we need to step in and step up in helping clean up your bride. Let us be a bride you're proud of, that when you come home, you could say, well done, good and faithful. God, we thank you today. We ask that you bless us, heal us, restore us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Stand to our feet, I wanna pray. Be reminded about the book, don't forget his breath. Cling to the blood, embrace the bride. These are the non-negotiables. This is the foundation. And if you have the revelation on this foundation, Vision Builders 2023 won't be a problem. It will be our greatest Vision Builders because our heart is right. We're getting back to the Word of God. We're getting back to the book, which is the direction. We're getting back to the blood that can restore us, heal us, redeem us. The breath of life, which is the Holy Spirit, is to guide us for discernment. And then the bride, doing the right things in the right order. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for a radical Sunday. God, we thank you that no matter how we came into this place, we can leave different. God, restore those that need to be restored. Thank you that this may have just been something that was breaking off some of the scar tissue, some of the, some of the wounds. Lord, let healing begin. God, as I open up the altar, God, let people be stirred to move for healing. God, I thank you, Lord, that there is restoration, that you're alive and powerful. But God, nothing's too impossible for you. We don't focus on the size of our mountain, the focus on the size of our problems. God, we focus on the size of our God. And we know you're bigger than all of it. God, we just don't want to give lip service to it. God, we just need help in knowing and finding the way to do it. Direct our steps, Lord. Be a light unto our feet. Put us around the right people that can nudge us, that can be good for us, God. Lord, take away the relationships that have been tripping us up and tripping us out. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we could be a bright light for the city of San Diego, Carlsbad, Oceanside, Encinitas. Let there be God actualization. We thank you for this house. We thank you for vision builders. We thank you that we take territory in this season. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. 
Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.